In this episode of the Explore Information Security Podcast, what is SANS SEC 487, Part 2? Welcome to the Explore Information Security Podcast, where you will learn, explore, and grow your security mindset. I'm your host, Timothy D. Block, and in this episode, we will be continuing our exploration of SANS SEC. 487 with the creator of the course and instructor of the course, Micah Hoffman. What's got you most excited about the course? Uh, I honestly, it, it's uh, it's seeing it in the classroom. Um, uh, for a year and a half, um, I have seen it in my head. I've seen it in PowerPoints. I've seen it in the labs and the virtual machines that I've been working on. Um, and to see people in the classroom actually doing the labs and and ingesting the the data and listening to the the content um uh, it, it that is amazing to me and then seeing when when students put this together like you did and, and and say well you know this is not only interesting information but i can take this back to my work mm-hmm. or to my home or to my child and say let me show you what i can see <laughs> about your facebook stuff just not even being authenticated All right. um so seeing people make those connections, it, it, make, it gives me a, a real big joy. Yeah. No, it's going to be, well, I mean, you even mentioned it because our kids aren't on Facebook. They're on some other new social media yeah. thing and just waiting for someone to tap into that to find out what we can get pulled from the API or um, whatever else they made available. Because um, I think you discussed it in class, but I think we discussed it with like Snapchat and the fact that because um, I know they've had a couple issues with, with saying things are deleted after 30 seconds and then there being an, an, a, an example of that wasn't the case at all. Yeah, it was the year in review video that, that they were <laughs> like, hey, take a look at your snaps. It's like, well, wait, how am I looking at my snaps from this year in review if they get deleted after right. you know, the first view? Right, and that goes back to that. I think that's another thing that you have is, is just overall who can you trust with, with you know actually them doing what they say they're going to do. Yeah, I, I've uh, in the past, well actually since I've been cybering, um, my mantra has been trust and verify. Um, you know, not to go back to Bush, but right. I, I've always thought that, that that was actually very, very important. Uh, one of the things that, that we found out with a couple of the tools that we talked about this week was that it's, they're amazing tools and they get when when you use them they they interact with websites and say hey i'm this tool or i'm that tool and even if you change some of the settings or they might send um certain information to other websites so understanding your tools and being having that comfort and this is kind of where you dive below the you you increase the increase the tech level that the person has to have because you can't just download a framework or a tool and say well I'm gonna run this on untapped it's probably okay Micah made it you kind of have to test it out or know somebody that can look for other information that's being sent or recorded in the app and being shipped out too um, so yeah knowing who you can trust uh, that's kind of tough sometimes yeah yeah operational security too seems to be a big thing in the course as well and that's I feel like that's kind of flipping it where you're looking at all this information that people make public available, but while you're doing it, in some instances, not in all instances, you do have to be mindful of your own operational security. Yeah. And um, you know, uh, I think one of your early examples was, you know, someone gets an email saying they're going to expose, uh, you know, 
um, sensitive information or embarrassing information and that they they had a way to pretty much monitor that it was almost like a a booby trap yeah um and so like being mindful of that is is also something that i've really taken away from because my boss has told me okay don't do it from our network yeah <laughs> if yeah. you're gonna go do, start poking at this stuff make sure and i was like well i'm just looking up this or that and 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 so now that like like open my eyes a little bit more to oh and actually now I'm a little bit more and anytime I now I see where it says HTTP it's like well shoot I just put in you know and it's it's something silly like coordinated cord, uh, coordinate information or something but I'm like if someone's you know just monitoring this website they can you know they can pull this down yeah. um, and so you know getting on um, even a Tor browser or you know just a separate line uh or a proxy or whatever VPN or well yeah depending on your VPN don't use your work VPN um, <laughs> some other VPN that you maybe have access to or a proxy or something um, is is very important. I've always been a big proponent that you can be a better defender by understanding offense. You could be a better uh, uh, attacker by understanding what defenses they're going to use it against you. Um, this is actually kind of goes back to if you ever watched when you were a kid that the. the uh, uh, there were a couple of uh, shows that showed how robbers break into buildings. You know, it was like uh, people, peop, uh, television shows said, listen, you know, I know that you're a thief and they, they make them wear a ski mask and, and, and digitize their voice. And they say, how would you break into this facility? And they'd show that in order to show how you should protect yourself better. And I think in the class, what I try to do is balance the hey, we're going to go out as OSINT people and grab all this data, but at the same time, you're a person who might be sharing this data. So this is how you protect it. And so one of the modules we talk about how you remove yourself from the internet. One other one we mentioned, mm -hmm. how you keep your system secure, how you keep yourself secure. Um, because those are important parts that you know are kind of the other side of the, I can grab all the things uh, piece of the coin. Right. Yeah, that's and that's just. I did a lunch and learn at work, and and just like showing the developers, because a lot of my audience is developers and, and other people within the organization, is um, I, it was like how to be a hacker, and my first lunch and learn was pretty much just almost all OSINT. We looked at our organization, our own organization, and said, what can you do with this information? And all I have to do is throw out like one thing, and that just kind of gets the ball rolling. You see things clicking in their heads, the realization that um, what, what, how powerful information is, kind of going back to, to what we discussed earlier. Um, one of my favorite moments actually, and this wasn't a lunch and learn, but um, threat modeling was we were talking through the scenarios and, and how we're gonna protect this process and things like that. And uh, to get the ball rolling with that, um, I said, well, what, what about bribing? And, and there was like a, a, a short silence and then there was like, oh, mm -hmm. like, like they, like they didn't initially call me my bullshit, but it was like the realization that, yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm going to just give you a hundred bucks. Are you going to give me access to this, this information? Yeah. And they realized they'd probably do that for a hundred yeah. bucks. <laughs> and so I brought them into my world of paranoia a little bit. So like going back to, like you said, learning how to think like along those lines of, of being very malicious with it can really be eye-opening and, and as far as security, that's why I like to tell people, it's like I live in a constant state of paranoia. When I open their eyes just to a moment of that, it's like this is the world I live in on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. And and so I think it's a very powerful teaching tool and, and kind of 
full circle here goes back to how this course can be for just about anyone. They don't have to necessarily work in information security to, to get something useful out of it. And I've talked to some of the other people in the class and they're like, yeah, this is, this is good stuff and stuff I can go take back to work. And they don't, they don't, they don't necessarily work with computers on a regular basis. These are, you know, uh, policemen, uh, people that work in fraud, people work in, um, you know, other areas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I, Totally agree with you. I, I should make a course about it. No, but I, I mean that—that's seriously why I make the course. And and to go back to the education, the awareness. Um, part of this course is showing people how easy it is to obtain this data, at least in the United States and in a lot of these social media sites and yeah. exercise sites. I mean, it, it's trivial, but I think you just hit on it that that you kind of have to look at it from that. That, that risk-based perspective. Instead, I, I talked to some people um, when I was doing that Strava research, uh, I talked to some people about that and they're like, hey, you know what, I, I like using it, it helps me compete with my friends, it spurs me to mm -hmm. ride faster or whatever, and I say, that's terrific. And you're sharing that information with the world. And and so what what I like doing is, is trying to help people understand that yes, if your personal risk profile says, I need to be able to share this information because it helps me in another part of my life. Cool, just let's see if we can do it a little safer. So for the people that are my friends that still use Strava, no problem, I mean, use it. But don't use your real city that you uh, that live that you live right. in. Enable the security settings. Use a different name. Don't use your real name, first or last. And there's a couple other things that you can do. So. So, you know, it's kind of uh, introducing them some of the, the uh, counterintelligence, some of the, mm -hmm. the, the ways of hiding your information and, and going dark, uh, and maybe even disinformation information. That was a, a, the other thing I really took away was disinformation. It's like, you don't have to tell the truth on every site that asks for your date of birth, which, yeah, I, I actually learned that one a, a while ago. Um, was maybe steam or something yeah <laughs> it's like you don't have to you know you can put in different information for uh, across the board there and that that helps a little if you're gonna put your information in because I, I do see where people can find value in like a Strava or something I think some of that is upon the company to actually like I don't know keep that behind like a registered user law versus versus here's everybody's information out there but I mean a lot of these companies too it's just because I've dealt with startups that they just they get by essentially, um, and the, the security is is it's more on the minds I think of startups now. But it's something that um, they also don't necessarily they can't, they can't necessarily hire just a straight security person. Yep. So some of it is is where do you allocate resources? Uh, right. Startups and other companies they're about getting more users and adding more features. Well, I mean, but we're always in that situation, right? right. It's it's feature versus security. Security has has no return on event uh, on on interest return on investment sorry it's late um, <laughs> but i mean uh, what you're essentially doing is is when you add security you are making an investment in the fact that your application or your system or your user base is less likely to get exploited attacked compromised right. but if that never happens, you never know if it's because you're security or because you're not a, a valid target or nobody cares about you. So, um, so why should I invest in something that has a potential thing instead of version two of my widget or whatever? Right. Well, and yeah, I just keep thinking about the untapped thing and just 
that just just some of the people you're pulling up to you just see drinking habits and all sorts of stuff just waiting for you know just, i don't know how I, I guess i don't know if maybe that's something more mundane but like i don't know did anything come of the strava stuff you know one of the stuff that hit the news recently about the military bases did they do anything with that or is that just kind of still no nothing as know. usual I, so so the way that i see things uh, a lot of things happen it's like oh my god this is terrible and there's a flare-up and then it dies down and people are like oh well I'm gonna keep running in the desert and right. and still run. I mean, we we saw the you know I showed you the slides of of the base out in, near Mosul <laughs> right. that that didn't show up on Google Maps, but it had some very distinct roads when you overlaid the, right. the Strava heat map and um, yeah. So so in the old days when intelligence officers and other countries had to do some really intense. Uh, analytics and, right. and you know, great, getting flying planes over stuff. It's like, nah, we just downloaded the app. We're fine. We got everything we need. We got everything we need. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. That's hard to, that some of that stuff's hard to do disinformation on. It is. I mean, absolutely. There's, there's the fine, you know, even still, like, uh, no, I mean, it, it, it is. I mean, you, you need to. So, one of the things that I've, I've, you mentioned kids earlier. One of the things that I talk to the high schoolers and middle schoolers and college students that are friends with my kids about is that that the, you really do have uh, should create that kind of risk profile of of hey when a site asks for my username and pat for me to create an account well can I create a throwaway account can I create a an email address that's not actually an email address like like what we saw on one of the websites we were using. You could, the site said, listen, we don't care if you use a fake email address, but just give us some email address. <laughs> we don't care. We know you're going to spoof it. So, so that's, that's kind of the first thing that I teach my kids is, is you don't have to even use a real email address on some accounts. So we start there and then, oh, if you need a real email address, well, which of your emails are you going to use? And then even if you use a real email address, don't answer the knowledge-based questions of what was your first pet? No, Did you have never a first answer question? those. Well, yeah. you have to answer them, but don't answer them with real right. information. You answer it with quidjibo or or baseball or well, what? Yeah. And what I've started doing is is uh, I mean because you have a generator, is I've created a separate separate thing to where I can just generate something, just some random set of characters, and just like you the, like you even mentioned, this is just put it in the notes. Yep. And uh, just like random key pass characters, or one, right? One pass. Right. They, they, they give you that field, so there's no yeah security questions or just something that I'm just I I tell people to get rid of it. It's like yeah. Uh, it's it's like it. There is I will really get security questions because I'm like. Again, I know OSINT, so I, I know I can find that stuff because people are often often sharing that some of that. Well, and, and Sarah Palin uh, fell victim to that during the campaign, right? Mm -hmm. That somebody figured out what her password reset questions were for just her email, research. went ahead and reset her password. Right, right. Well, and, and if you don't have it, just create a Google Form survey and start sending it out and make sure it gets in their inbox and, and give them something cool afterwards or something. But know. you know, it, it goes it goes beyond that. I mean, if we're, we're now moving into security awareness training and all. I mean, I showed you the Jimmy Kimmel, you know, what's your password thing, the person on the street yeah. videos, which is amazing. You put a microphone into somebody <laughs> and they will tell you anything. It's like, yeah. it's like, well, what's your password? I'm not going to tell you my password. That's not secure. Great. Well, do you use things like your dog or, or oh, no, I don't have a dog. I have a cat. And yeah, I use, I use his name. What's his name? Oh, my God. I just told you my password. 
other. It, that's I mean, so great. But yeah. it's it's kind of that instilling that people. You know what? In organizations now, I think we're getting the message that security is everybody's business. Right. Security. It, it's not just the security person, but everybody has a piece of that. Secu- keeping the app, the system, the company secure. I think in the real world, in your family, in my family, in society, we need to start getting that message out that security is everybody's job and sometimes your identity might rely on it or some information about your family or whatever um, or your finances might, might depend on you not telling somebody on national TV what your passwords are. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I tried wrapping this up with the full circle thing. I was Sorry. Like, this is a good wrap. No, this is great. I, lo- I love these conversations. Um, but where can people find the course? So uh, the course is easy to find online at sands.org slash SEC. That's Sam Edward Charlie uh, 487. And that'll take you to the course page. And then at the cor- on the course page, there's all the places that we're running it. And I'm super excited uh, when we started this year. I knew that we were going to be going in Tyson's for the first beta, which we're do- finishing up tomorrow, and then uh, probably Denver. And, and we've just solidified Denver for June 4th through 9th. And then the cool thing about it is that now that uh, things are just really opening up, the course is going to run in Baltimore and Vegas in September. I'm going to Singapore in October, then coming back here to the States and running it again at CDI in DC in December. And and then next year it's going to be run like 12 to 14 times, probably wow. on demand. So I'm 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 all I'm all smiles over here today. <laughs> all smiles. <laughs> well you put together a really good course. It was, well thank you. It was uh, it was very enjoyable to go through it and um you know so, so I, I've done some of this. Like you said, I realized while I was, you know, while I'm doing instant response, while I'm uh, doing stuff on the blue team side that I'm like, this is a lot of the same stuff I'm using. If you if you work in a sock, you probably know um, a good bit of this stuff already. But then it's like the stuff that I didn't realize. Or there's like, like I always like hearing what people prefer. So hearing your preferences about the sites that you like to go to and you can trust um, are very um, important for me because I use them and I'm like this looks like a scam. <laughs> um, it's asking me for money. Do I need to pay or not? Yeah. Um, so just like getting that kind of information is really good. Cause, um, you know, I, I have started to get more and more into OSINT the last couple of years, but this course definitely like filled in a lot of gaps, brought me some new ideas. Um, this is something that, you know, I, I messaged my boss. I was like, he said, how's the course going? I said, this is, it's great. I said, I, I'm already getting stuff to refine our processes because we know I'm a dedicated OSINT person, um, but it really is a lot of different people from our SOC to our pen testers to our um, even our security engineers or even me working with the developers. There are certain OSINT things that I can incorporate into the day-to-day job. Well, thank you. And, so. and, and you know, one of the things that I tried to throw into the course is, is not just making it tools-based, not just, hey, we can grab stuff from this site, we can grab this from that site, we can run this tool, yay. But it's also how to analyze that data mm-hmm. and how to make sure that when we gather, you know, 50 Twitter accounts that we think are bots, how do we understand that, how to analyze that stuff without prejudice, without bias? Um, and those are life skills that we can take anywhere. Yeah. So thank you for having me on. I appreciate your time. Yeah. Well, thank you for, for joining me to discuss what is SEC 47. 
That's it. I hope you learned something. Feedback is welcome. Timothy.dblock at gmail.com or on Twitter at TimothyDblock. Show notes can be found at TimothyDblock.com forward slash EIS. Have a good one.